Blog Talk Radio. Hello? Yeah, what happened there? Oh, I don't Apparently know. It's nothing. like I went away. We so, yeah. live? We're on air. Yeah, we're live. Okay. Everybody, thank oh. you for tuning in tonight. Um, we're having technical difficulties again, which does not surprise me in the least. Uh, we've been having a lot of that here lately. Anyway, I'm Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, um, I'm the producer and host here on TS Radio. And with me tonight, co-hosting, of course, is Cascave, and our special guest is Dr. John Reiser. We're going to be talking a lot about this pandemic and what we think is actually behind it. And we are in agreement on one thing. This is a global culling. They're reducing the population, and they are going to focus on getting rid of the elderly, the infirm, and some other ones, you know, but we'll start with them um, because they're costing us money. They're no longer considered human capital because now we're having to take care of them instead of uh, them taking care of us. And <laughs> so there, there's a lot to cover here this evening. Um, oh, gosh, I had so many things I want to tell you. My mind went blank when that messed up. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, if you didn't see the news, Merck stopped production on both its vaccines. And they came out with a statement and said it was better for people to just get the virus. It would be far better. Yes, and I think there's a story there. Um, I think too many people were dying, and I think... I think people actually got afraid of, you know, something along the lines of the Nuremberg trials. Um, And we are seeing, uh, on a grand scale, exactly what they did in Nazi Germany. And I hate to bring that up because I think it's been overused and everything. But this was one of the darkest moments in human history, was Nazi Germany. And I know it's been played off to be, it was the Jewish Holocaust. It was far more than that. Uh, they estimate somewhere between 13 and 22 million people were sacrificed in that, just just outright murdered. Many of them experimented on. Now, one of the things that bothers me in all of this is I should have the autonomous right to decide what it goes into my body. And I have practiced that all of my life which is probably why I was talking to Dr. Reiser before we came on. I don't have the usual high blood pressure, diabetes, all that crap at this grand old age. And um, as I stay away from doctors and medications and most particularly vaccines. And, but I think overall the population, especially starting with these childhood vaccines, 69 of them by the time a child is five, if you follow that schedule, we are damaging a whole generation of children and the generation to come. Uh, There's no evidence that vaccines actually work. Now with this COVID scam, when that first hit, people stopped taking their kids in for the well baby visits and which I think is an ironic name for it um, and getting vaccines on their small children. The result of that was sudden infant death and seizures and all that dropped by 43% in three months. We had the third highest rate of infant mortality in the world, and that is directly related to vaccines. But, of course, you're not supposed to say that out loud. That's blasphemy. 
and that is, is the only difference. We've got several countries now. Japan has stopped mandatory vaccination, especially of young children. Uh, I believe France has also limited it. Korea, of all places, said no. They're not doing it. You, it's People are starting to wake up that this isn't what they claim it is. The CDC in all of this, uh, people think this is a government agency uh, devoted to <laughs> making sure you stay well. Nothing could be further. They're privately owned, and they are a purveyor of vaccines. They own outright 64 patents on vaccines and another 20-some that they have a stake in. And this is what the CDC does. It mandates vaccines and to keep their business going. But they aren't there for your benefit or to protect you or give you any good advice. Uh, so get over that. But here we are in the middle of whatever this is. We've had our local economies decimated because for some reason this virus was going to attack people if they went to their local bar or restaurant and small mom and pop stores. But it's a really smart virus. And the reason I know that is it knows better than to go into Walmart or Home Depot or any of the big box stores. Oh and my um, gosh. it doesn't yeah. put there. Yes. Oh. Yeah, it's a smart virus. And if you go in Walmart, they got arrows on the aisle telling you which way to go so you can avoid the virus should one get in there. It's just the Those aren't even there thing. anymore. Marty. Aren't they? They don't even have the No, they've taken them all down. They don't have the arrows anymore. I don't think people were following them cuz I noticed that when Bible. I've gone in the grocery stores they're not yeah, they're those arrows are gone. Yeah. yeah. Well, the stupidity, and Dr. Reiser kicking on this, the stu- stupidity, to me, outright stupidity of people thinking they have to keep six feet distance between each other, and that will somehow keep them safe from this non-existent virus. Now, the only way that could happen was if somehow you made the air stand still, and you stood still, and you might avoid something like that, but you cannot have the air is constantly moving, so you staying six feet apart isn't going to accomplish anything. Um, but, you know, we've been made afraid of the air that we breathe every day and told well, if we first, stay, we won't get infected. Go ahead. Th- thanks, thanks, Marty and Cuz, for having me on the show again. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to connect with you and your audience, and uh, <clears throat> it's always a pleasure. We are living in certainly very strange times. We we have we have a virus or a the lack thereof uh, of a of a viral pathogen that has been terrorizing the world since uh, January of uh, 2020, and um, people want to know what's what's going on. And you know there 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 are claims that people are dying all over the world and that people are testing. I mean they're testing positive for SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus. Is, that is causing COVID-19. And so, you know, I hope maybe I can bring some clarity. I've been on your show a couple, a couple times in the past, and we've, we've had detailed discussions about my feelings. And um, a lot of people hear what I have to say. They Sometimes they kind of roll their eyes. But I will tell you that my opinion tonight is it is my opinion, but it's also the opinion of a lot of scientists and a lot of medical doctors, thousands upon thousands of them around the world, share a similar opinion that I do, and they're being all censored. They're, they're being precluded and prohibited from 
voicing those opinions on any type of social media platforms that the big tech companies own and operate and um the the social you know the the um the social apps are recorded and indexed by search engines and they're they're mysteriously their their articles are their videos are removed from that so it there's a concerted effort to to eliminate the dissenting opinions of professionals credentialed professionals that have very impressive degrees and um mm-hmm. these people have a lot to say and i and i never really could understand if there was something going on you know at the higher echelons of this this global governing construct that, that stays hidden in the shadows i mean what is the problem with with running free speech and having a, a, a scientific debate about what's the best way to proceed when you're having a world pandemic and that's exactly what's not happening we're getting we're getting certain government spokespersons in different sovereign countries that have been appointed into those positions, and they are the official and only narrative that's allowed to be expressed. And if you go against that narrative, you are you're prevented from speaking. And so that's dangerous. That's a tyrannical situation, and we have a we have a um, we have a situation in the world now, not just in the United States, but in in the world, where people are not being allowed to discuss. Um, what's going on. And I'm not talking about lay people. I'm talking about scientists. Everyone has a right to free speech and everyone has a right to voice their opinions about this because it affects all of us, not just not just a group of a small group of people. This is a world pandemic, or as I like to call it a pandemic. But um, yeah, this is this is what's going on. And um, we can talk about, you know, we can talk about a lot of things, how, you know, a lot of people are concerned right now about the rolling out of the vaccines and the um you know the, the untested unsafe products that really do not have any FDA approval in the United States they are operating and being released under an EUA which is an emergency use authorization which means they're experimental drugs and um they are being released and and tested on people and these are the trials we're getting the test trials now and people are the human guinea pigs and they don't even realize it and the reason the only reason they're able to use EUAs is because of the defined world pandemic that's taking place. So we can get into all of that and a lot, a lot more if you'd like. I'll let you, you know, tell me where you want me to go and we'll talk yeah. about it. Well, I think before we get into all of that, I, I want to get your views on it uh, as we discussed, and I think you agree, this is a culling. This is a, an effort to to rid the population or to reduce it to begin with, but to rid the population of elderly people, people who are infirm, you know, chronically ill. And this is a tremendous way to get it done with a big excuse of the, you can't accuse us of killing anybody outright because it was the virus that did it. And and I think that's what's going on. We know for years the federal government has tried to collapse Social Security. Uh, they've, they've tried to absolutely bankrupt the program. Uh, to do away with it. It was one thing uh, when it was solvent, which it still actually is, but the Fed has taken now close to $4 trillion of surplus funds and away from Social Security. Obama got into it for $786 million for Obamacare. George Bush Jr. got into it on several different times for 
I think, 12 and 18 million to set up conservative schools that taught hard right wing. Um, everybody gets in it. It's a slush fund. We have funded wars with our Social Security money. We have funded all kinds of stuff. And when you hear Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell refer to Social Security as the greatest unfunded liability, let's let's check this. It is an intra-governmental debt, meaning the people in Congress stole that money from the Social Security, used it for purposes it wasn't intended for, and they have no way to pay it back. So they put IOUs in there, basically, and then they convert those to treasury notes and they sell them, only they're selling them to China. And we are getting no return on our money. Anyway, but they want rid of it. They have figured out that the best way to do away with this debt, you can't get rid of the debt. So let's get rid of the people that are here to claim. And when you've got the medical industry, Bilking Medicare out of thirty to sixty billion a year, year after year, we've got a problem. So, a lot of this, we're accomplishing many things here. We're decimating Social Security. We're going to get rid of a lot of the elderly people, and this intragovernmental unfunded liability will reduce significantly or go away all go away altogether. There's a lot behind all of this that a lot of people don't realize. And when I see Dr. Reiser, when I see states coming out and saying oh, the COVID vaccine is now available to people 65 and older, go away. Go away. I don't want your vaccine. Um, there was, this was who it was for to begin with. And I looked at the formula on, um, I think it was uh, Pfizer's. And actually, Moderna's has it also. There's plastic in it. And there's no virus. Like usually on a vaccine, they have an attenuated, a weakened virus that supposedly primes your immune system. So if you come in contact with the real thing, your immune system will recognize it and jump up and fight it. There's no virus in there. Yeah, we can so talk what about that. is this well, shot? So, so let me just let me just backtrack and say that you know I do agree with you. I think that this is it, uh, and it's crazy as this will sound to some people that you know I, I do believe that this is a genocidal plot to cull the population. I think it's been in the works for a long time. I think there is a there is a world governing construct behind it. I think that they are handing down directives to every sovereign nation in the world, and they've agreed to genuflect to that to that higher order. Um, are they trying to take out old people, elderly people, um, you know, people that, you know, certainly I'm, I'm thinking that's probably a target group as well as others. But um, I, I think that when we look at, you know, you talk about what is in a vaccine and what is a vaccine. And so a vaccine typically is what you said. It has a viral pathogen that has been attenuated, which means it's modified. You have to understand that viruses are not living, they're not living uh, microbes. Um, they're, they're what we call subunits of life. So they need a host. They need a host in order to survive. So they're and, and they are basically parasitic in nature, which means that they require they require the host in order to sustain their existence. Um, and not to get too far off on a tangent, but just to understand that fact, if a virus kills its host it's cutting off its nose despite its face, so it does it no good. So viruses, when they, the viruses spin out of their genetic formations and mutate very frequently. 
and they usually do so in a more, uh, they dial back their virulence and become more benign when they mutate. So the fact that this virus or so-called virus is hanging around for a year like this and, and continuing mm -hmm. the strength that it has, is, is, it's a no-no. That, that doesn't make sense from a microbiological standpoint. And, and anybody with uh, okay. micro-1 biology uh, 101 would know that. And they do know that. But, but the other thing that you have to understand is this, what we're, ta what we're calling, so, so traditional vaccines, you would, take an attenuated, you would take an attenuated virus, viral pathogen, you would put it into the person, and the theory behind it is, is that it strengthens the immune system so that when the immune system encounters that pathogen in real life, it is ready to, it's, it's you know, got it, got it in shape and it can fight off the, um, the viral microbe. Um, I'm not going to get into that right now other than just tell you that's what they, that's what they say about that. The, this particular right. vaccine product that they have rolled out is not really a vaccine because, number one, there is no SARS-CoV-2 virus that even exists. And that can be proven scientifically because, number one, there's not an independent or government lab in the world that has been able to isolate this thing in totality which means that if a person is infected with a virus and they're sick with COVID-19, a specimen should be able to be taken from that animal or human host, and they should be able to isolate it so that you can see the genetic configuration of the signature. What they've been able to do is they've only been able to take small DNA sequences or freak, you know, genetic sequences, and 2 or 3% of it, and then they computer modeled or computer generated the rest of the structure. So when, you, when the published structure was put out there for everybody to see, what people don't realize is that 97% of it is computer modeled. It's the equivalent of like hearing that there's an automobile, a new automobile out in the store, and it's for sale, and you go to the dealership and no one can find it. And somebody comes up and says, well, here's the steering wheel. And then someone else says, well, here's the taillight. <laughs> and someone else says, well, here's the, here's the front seat cover. And then that's all you can see. And so what they do is they take those parts and they throw it into a computer that has data points of other similar vehicles, and they assemble what they think the car would look like. That's what they've done with this virus. They've taken a, the viral oh, wow. signature has been composed or comprised of computer modeling, and then they published it. And so when people are asking, and there are scientists that are asking all over the world, where is the actual virus that's been taken out and, and extracted from a sick person and put into it? Where's the signature of it? And they can't produce one. So in a sense, what that means, microbiologically speaking, is that it doesn't exist. So if you don't have a target, if you don't have a virus that exists, how do you make a diagnostic tool to determine where it is in a person, number one, and more importantly, how do you make a vaccine that gives a person immunity against something that's non-existent? If you take a pistol and you want to go to a firing, uh, firing place, a station to shoot it, you know, at a range, and you, if you don't put a target at the end of the range, you can't hit the target with the pistol. You see what I'm saying? So, so what we okay. have is we have a non-existing signature, which means we have a non-existent virus. So what are they putting into the vaccine to, to be attenuated, to give somebody immunity? And in fact, they don't. Now, both the Pfizer and the Moderna, if I'm correct, I think, I think one or the other, they, they've said that they're 95% effective. What they're 95% effective for are reaching two endpoints. And here are the endpoints. Endpoint number one is that it will give someone two to three months of not getting tested positive with a PCR test 
That's one. And the other mm. is a lessening of one of the symptoms that are associated with COVID-19. So if it reduces your sniffle or cough a little bit, it's been successful. So it's 95% oh. effective in doing that. So, so what we're doing uh-huh. is, it, is it, so is that a vaccine or is it an antiviral because it's mitigating symptoms, which are really expressions of health and the ability of someone to, you know, when you, when you have a virus or you have, you have all of these symptoms and signs, expressions of health, body's immune system destroying the invader. So why would you want to mitigate that in the first place? I have no idea. But the thing is, this is the way we're taught. So getting back to the virus or the lack, it's not really a virus. We have, this, we have this, these two things that have been rolled out. And what they do is, number one, they're putting in messenger RNA. So I'm not going to get more complicated with it, but they're basically rewiring human genetics when they give you this this concoction, this medicinal concoction, and it's changing forever the way the human immune system is wired. And it's the equivalent, we'll stay with the gun analogy, it's the equivalent when you take the vaccine or, or this medicine, it's the equivalent of pulling back the hammer on the pistol. You've loaded, the, you've got the gun ready to fire. And so it rewires the immune system with an expression of whatever the, 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 the genetic configuration they put in there. So now your immune system is, is ge- geared for something that is coming next. And then what happens later on is there's a certain they, – they probably have loaded the system with something that's very commonly found in the environment or something that they're going to inject later on. When the next thing is introduced, when the next pathogen is introduced into the body and the body's immune system is weakened or whatever and it, it causes an infection and it has to activate that immune system, what then happens is the immune system goes through what we call a cytokine storm or a storm. And what that means in simple English is, is that the body's immune system goes through an autoimmune, massive autoimmune system event and it destroys the visceral portions of the body. All of the organ systems are attacked because when the immune system is activated, it sees everything as an enemy. It's been rewired, and it shuts down and causes all of these, these, these white blood cells and everything to attack the um, different parts of the body, and people will go into sepsis and go into shock, and they'll die. And so I think that's how, wow. I, I think that's how this works. Um, and that's not, just my opinion. that's not my opinion oh. alone. That's, that's the opinion of, of quite a few people that are looking at it, but are not getting access to any kind of major platforms to discuss it. It's called a cytokine storm. Now, interesting to note, the powers that be that are giving health information, or as I like to call it, health disinformation, they're writing, they're writing peer-reviewed journal articles already or, or, you know, scientific articles about how COVID-19 can cause a kinase storm or it can cause a cytokine storm. They're writing articles about how COVID-19 can cause sterility in males and females because these are the end goals that, in my opinion, are going to be achieved with these products. I think that you're going to see people yes. that are not going to. There, some people are going to be some people are going to be thinned out. They're going to be cold. They're, you know, they're going to die. Other people are going to be sterilized, and I think there's going to be other people that are going to be tracked and surveilled. The ones that survive. So I don't think there's necessarily one recipe for everybody, but 
you know, the, the technologies that they can do with these products are very sophisticated. And I think that that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what's happening uh, as far as the, the, the drugs that are going out, the, the, the vaccines, the Moderna and the, and the Pfizer product. Um, I think they're very similar, and that's what they're trying to do. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, okay, so I have okay, a question. <laughs> yeah, okay, so yeah, I'm, you know, I, don't, I, so I have a question. So I actually know people mm-hmm. who got COVID. Right. And so obviously there's something. So I, I feel like to say it's, it's like fake and it doesn't exist when I know people who have gotten it. Right. What, you know, and enough people are, so when people are listening, like, okay, there's something that's making people sick. What, right. what is it? And this right. is, the pe- you know. Sure. No, and, not, and I, I think it's a valid question. I, 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 think it? it's a, I think it's a valid question. I'd be happy to try to answer it. Number one, there are people that are getting sick, and there are people that are always getting sick. Um, the, the thing is this, you know, I would, I would come out and tell you this, in my, in my opinion, and you can think, people can think I'm crazy or not, um, I don't believe anybody has been infected or died from SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19. And I Me can either. Speak with, I can speak with confidence and, say, and, and, and feel that science backs that up because it hasn't been isolated. It has not gone through Koch's postulates. It has not been isolated and grown in pure culture and reproduced. So it doesn't exist. So Whatever people are dying from, they're not dying from SARS-CoV-2 because that's a non-existent virus. Can't exist, doesn't exist, people aren't dying from it. Now, are people dying? Yeah, people are dying. People are always dying. You could go back into an emergency, uh, an emergency room or in a hospital ward two years ago, three years ago, and you can go into um, places that are they're dealing with um, pneumococcal and bronchitis and, and coronaviruses that, are, that exist that cause you know, upper respiratory disorders and distress, and people are vented, and people are put on oxygen, and, and they die. But if there's a psychology behind this, and I know people, people pull their eyes, but when you're a hammer, everything you see is a nail. When you're a screwdriver, everything you see is a screw. And we've been told 24 yeah. hours a day, 365 days a year, a year, that there's this virus that's out there, and that this COVID, and, and so here's the kicker. They, how do you get people to test positive this long? Well, what you do is you build a test, a PCR test, that's rigged. Build a PCR test that will pick up common genetic materials that are found in people that have had coronaviruses. Your common colds and a lot of your upper respiratory infections are coronavirus-based, not SARS-CoV-2, but other coronaviruses, and they cause the same kind of symptoms. That's why they chose SARS-CoV-2 to be a coronavirus. They wanted to make the villain something they knew that they could back up with case numbers. So you create a test that, that picks these, these potential um, genetic things up, and then you over-amplify them way above what they should be so that you can make this test on, on demand. It's almost like looking at a dimmer switch. You can, you can ramp it up or you can lower it down to change the sensitivity of the test. And then what happens is you can make 10 out of 10 people test positive, 5 out of 10 people test positive, three, however you want to do it. And it's been known for a long time, and it's been scientifically stated by people all over the world that the PCR test was never meant to be used as a diagnostic tool for SARS-CoV-2, 
for coronaviruses, for any of these viruses, but it's a convenient way that you can create numbers on paper. So I will, I will tell people that we don't have a pandemic. We have what we call a case-demic. We have cases that have been generated by lab tests that give false positives. Now, people ask, well, how high are the false positive rates? Are they 80%? Are they 90%? Are they 96%? How about 100%? How about every case that's been positive is a false positive? And you know why? Because it doesn't exist. It hasn't been isolated. And if something's not isolated, there's no target. And if there's no target, it can't exist. So when people tell me, and, and believe me, I'm not trying to be unsympathetic to people that have lost people and people that have died, because I know, I, I, I know, I know people. I know people. I'm a, I'm a practicing chiropractor, and I have people that I have take care of in my office that have relatives and friends that they know that, that had tested false positive for SARS-CoV-2, and some of them have died. Now, some of the people go into hospitals, and they're put into um, situations where they mitigate diseases, and the disease process that they're mitigating is not what kills them. It's the, the mitigation process, the treatment process. Uh, putting people on ventilators in a lot of situations is so bad that it destroys the breathing centers, and it can actually kill people just, just doing that. So we have a lot of people that are, um, you know, they're, they're being placed in situations where they are being killed by the procedures used to supposedly protect them. Now, the only difference is they're testing false positive to a virus that doesn't exist, but in their minds and everyone else's minds, it does exist. So if you have these symptoms and you're testing positive human nature psychologically, you have the virus. You have it. Your perception is that you have it, and the perception of society is that a lot of people have this. And there's a very, very well-coordinated disinformation campaign that's been going on through, you know, through the mainstream media for a long time because all of these things are connected. When you control mainstream media products across the board, whatever you can plug into, I don't care if it's a television, an Internet, you know, the, the, a cell phone, whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is that you getting your information from, it's coming from a, a small group of companies that control the paradigm. They control the information. And this is what we're dealing with. So there are a lot of people out there who believe that they have COVID because the tests tell them. But if you knew, if you knew that the test was invalid and you knew that the test has no way of ever diagnosing something that's not there, why would you continue to take the tests and continue to drive the case numbers up? And the reason is, is because you're being told to do so. You're being told to do so by, by health authorities, by regulatory agencies. They're constantly telling people, if you, if you watch the television, go get tested. Go, you, might get test, you might need to get tested two times, two or three times a month. And they keep on having people do this. And, and I know this is a long explanation, but let me just let me just go let me just go one more step further. They knew when they started this that they'd never be able to get these vaccines, we'll call them, approved through the FDA. They don't have enough time to do it. So very cleverly, what they did was they figured out a way to create a pandemic because under a pandemic, you can use an emergency an emergency use authorization, which has allowed these drugs to be distributed to the public under special situations that only exist because of a government-defined pandemic. If you didn't have the case numbers, 
through the fake lab tests, you'd never have the pandemic, and you never would have been able to get vaccines, which are kill shots, distributed to the population. And that's what they're doing. This is, this is well thought out, well coordinated. These, the, whoever is behind this has a very, very, very high IQ. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dr. Reiser, some of the people I've worked with over the years when this first started, and <laughs> some of them are epidemiologists, microbiologists, and uh, things in, in a conversation with a conference call. They were talking about the fact that there's no way they developed whatever this vaccine is in eight months. This didn't happen. And they said they had probably actually started working on this five or six years ago. And Agreed. that's what they said. This is this has been in play for a long time. And then you had Event 201, Bill Gates, who I think he and Fauci ought to be sharing a cell, um, came out with that Event 201 and how this was going to go and there was going to be this pandemic and about and everything's going and now we're in the live drill. And again, going back to, you know, people's perceptions, it strikes me with all the evidence that's out there that this is uh, something they have imagined, fabricated and put out there. And I mean, it's verifiable evidence, Event 201, uh, you know, all of these things. The fact that they have admitted they can't identify the virus, haven't identified it, um, all of this, wear a mask. Wear, oh, now you need to wear two masks. I don't think so. Yeah. And <laughs> is, is that the most ridiculous thing? And um, But, you know, they go through all this stuff, and at different times, like Fauci, the Department of Defense, Health and Human Services said, you know, when there's, like, influenza and stuff like that, going, wearing a mask is of no use. Um right. But now, and Fauci has even said in March 2008, uh, or 2008, March of this year, um, he was on one of the news stations and said, you know, a mask was of no use. And then a month later, he's, oh, everybody, you just need to do what you're told. Uh, no. And, uh, but but I don't understand the disconnect in people's mind. You've got this evidence in front of you. You've got their own words, their own statements, their own admissions, and still you're clinging to this fabricated thing that obviously is intended to do something else entirely. It's an it's a narr- it's a false narrative. It, it's it's a script. It was written like I like I've said all along. This was not this is this virus or. What, what they're calling SARS-CoV-2. You know, a lot of people are saying this had to be engineered, genetically engineered in yes. a lab. It, ha- it has not been genetically engineered in a lab. First of, first of all, they probably can genetically, they've tried to spend a lot of money genetically engineering viruses, but the problem that all scientists deal with when they're trying to do that kind of work is that viruses mutate and they mutate fast back out of that out of that form. So even if you, someone theoretically could create a very lethal germ that's a viral pathogen, it would spin out of, into a more benign form very, very rapidly. And again, the reason okay. is innate, innately speaking, the the viral pathogens don't do if they kill their hosts, 
they don't do themselves any good. So they want to dial back their virulence. They want to almost exist, coexist with the host so the host is not even bothered. They want to live indefinitely that way. And we do live with, I mean, we, we have a virome where we're, there, there are trillions of viruses around us at all times. The biggest lie in microbiology is the germ theory is that, you know, that these viruses, they come in and they sneak in, and if you're happy, unlucky to get in, you know, get encounter one, it's going to infect you and you're going to die. That's not how it works. That's how it works on Netflix. That's how it works on, 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 in the movies. But that's not how it works in real life. Viruses are around all the time. So it's not that we come into contact with them that gets us sick. It's that our resistance becomes diminished in certain situations. And opportunistic flora that's naturally around us can infect us. And even with a person with a compromised immune system, they can kick the, 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 the microbe in 8 to 10 days or 14 days, and, and they're out. They're over it. They, you, know, you run a fever. Yeah. The body runs the, the, the virus doesn't cause the fever. The body's immune system causes the fever because most viruses can't replicate in a higher temperature environment that, a, that the fever, you know, that the immune system creates. And so what we're doing to mitigate viruses by reducing fever actually helps the virus to replicate. And most of the mitigation oh. processes that we do, that we, the drugs that we take that get rid of symptoms are actually hindering the body's immune system from doing what it's supposed to do. When you have a sore throat, inflammation in your throat, it's uncomfortable, but it's also an environment that kills off bacteria and dis dismantles viruses. When you have fever or inflammation, it's a way that the body gets rid of pathogens and things that are challenging its you know, well-being. When, when you're sneezing or when you're coughing or you have diarrhea, it's the way that the body gets rid of toxins. When you have rashes, a rash is an eruption of the virus getting, getting kicked out of the body, and it generates, it, it pushes it through the skin. That's why a lot of your childhood diseases culminate or end with a rash. But we, are, we have been educated about what health is and the expression of health by pharmaceutical companies who don't have a vested interest in, in teaching us what health really is. They have a vested interest in keeping us sick indefinitely. And so a lot of these products that are used to – I get a kick out of people. They're saying, well, you know, there's, you, can, you can mitigate uh, COVID-19 with a, a malarial drug, uh, and you can, you can do – you know, that's the same scenario they did in, in Event 201. If you go back and review the, the tapes that are out there, you can see they said the same thing. When you start telling people that you want to mitigate – this disease with a antiviral, and you don't really think the vaccines are necessary. Because you know, that's where all people are at. Even people that are some of the people that are in the know, they'll say, "Well, you know, I I, I don't think that this virus is as bad as we, it, you know, it only it's only 99% of the time it doesn't even affect people." Then for the one, we'll mitigate uh, some of these drugs, these antiviral drugs, and maybe some other traditional vaccines. As long as people believe that this virus is real, a real entity, which it's not, you have a, you have a rationale where the vaccines still stay, and you mitigate it with drugs. But when you take away the existence of the virus, when you put a lid on this thing, that it doesn't exist, which it doesn't, there's no need to medically mitigate anything. It doesn't exist. <laughs> And so that's where we're at, um, and I think a lot of people miss that point. Now, a lot of people will say, well, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just telling you that there's not a lab in the world that has isolated this thing. And that's crazy. Right. It's crazy that I'm even having to explain this because I'm a chiropractor, okay? I, I don't understand, and I'm not, and I'm not 
I'm, believe me, I'm not putting myself down because my chiropractic education will stand up against anyone's education in healthcare. But what I'm saying is there are microbiologists out there and people that know what I'm saying and that are talking about it, but the people that are, that are the microbiologists and the and physicians that are on television that are sold out to this agenda, or that have sold out to this agenda, they're trying to make it seem like this thing is real when no one has been able to produce the signature. And that is that is unheard of, right. and it's unheard of in this field. So it is not even debatable at this point that this thing is real, or it, it doesn't exist. So that's right. that's where we're at. And then, but then wow. the big question is why? So I'm always I'm always thinking, um, what's the end game? Why are why are we doing this? You know, it's kind of like the guardianship. You know, everyone, no one believes me about this stuff, guardianship, and it's a conspiracy, but I lived it, so I know it's true. Right. And and the end game was, you know, certain people were feeding off the money, plus they were, you know, healthcare serial killers getting their jollies off killing people. And so the end game is why is someone doing this? Like, why would they want to? And that's where my brain always goes, like, okay, Right, okay, and and I think why? it's a logical it's a logical question, and the, and the thing is, okay, so you know, there's 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 a thing that's called Occam's razor, and it's the the most obvious explanation is always or usually the right explanation, and you know the the, the United Nations and the, the the tentacle of the United Nations, the World Health Organization, which controls and sends directives and mandates to the CDC and other other agencies like that around the world, different sovereign countries, they have, they have an agenda. And it's, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's, it's a conspiracy, but it's not a theory anymore. Um, if anybody thinks that this, this is, is still a conspiracy theory, then they're sleeping. The, 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 the agenda is somebody at the highest levels or a, a think tank at the highest levels that has great influence over everything has made a determination that at the current level of the population, that the, it's, it's not sustainable. And they obviously think that there's a need, whatever it is, they think there's a need to, to lower the population. They're very intelligent. They're also psychopaths, but they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're, this is what's going on. And it's, it's pretty obvious. I mean, if you look, look at the world, every, just about every sovereign country in the world is doing the same thing. And you don't see this normally. You don't see a situation where every country agrees with other countries and does this. But you go anywhere in the world and people are wearing masks. People are lining up supposedly mm-hmm. and getting ready to take a vaccine. And I, yeah, I would agree that they say, that they think that the world is overpopulated and they have that trajectory where, however you say that word, um, that, you know, in the next 20 years, the population is going right. to grow, you know, this much more. I have, I have heard that there is a concern about that. One time I had heard that the powers that be felt that the ideal world population would be 5,000 people. And I just thought, so I well, I think I think they mean like maybe 500 million or something like that. You know, I don't. Yeah. I, first of all, I let me. I don't agree that the, that the world is overpopulated. I, I don't agree with that. And I, I'm just saying that's what they're. That's what they've leaked but out that's there. What I don't they even think. know. That's. I don't know if that's what they think, but that's what they. It's kind of been leaked out there. You know, if you look at if you look at all of the of the scenarios that are out there, there's food shortages, and if there's where the population we're producing, and there's the climate change and all this. So, so I'm not saying it's, that we want to pollute the planet. 
and I'm not I'm just saying that that there are agendas that are tied to this in the United Nations um you know it's, it's pretty much on they they have certain goals that they're trying to bring about the 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 existence of a pandemic or a pandemic they call it uh, to, for it to go on this long is is ridiculous it's it's hardly believable for people I don't know, anybody that has any kind of inkling of knowledge of, of health sciences, I, I don't know how they can believe that this is going on still. And so what you're going to see next is you're going to see people coming out in, in the, um, you know, in the PSYOP generators. <laughs> they're going to start talking about mutant strains, which they're already talking about, and variations of yep. the virus. They're going mm-hmm. to need to blame the, 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 the kill-off is going to come from this from these vaccines from these products um some people have you know those people have died already and there's people that are getting the getting injured so that these are the primary injuries that come from you know anaphylactic um, shock and from allergic reactions and um some people will be harmed neurologically but the i think that you'll see um i think that you'll see the more serious um problems and casualties result later on down the line and that may be months it may be a year or two but it'll be a, a significant amount of time probably so that they cannot be traced back you know there'll be some doubt um uh, some some you know doubt as far as whether they're tied into one another and so then you have the opportunity to introduce you know the the variant strains which which that story will probably come into play where people say well you know there's a mutation and that's what's responsible for killing all these people and so i i think that 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 is very well calculated into it and so i i you know it'll be hopefully i'm dead wrong no pun intended but um mm. yeah. i don't think so how long yeah. do you think if you were going to guess how long would you say this timeline is for like I call it, I mean, I think everyone is waiting for round two. I feel like round two is coming so much. I just want to get back to normal life. But when you say round two, what do you mean round two? You're talking like about the, the, round the drug or the, round, or the... Round two, everyone's getting sick, the COVID and the numbers are going up and, you know, lockdown. I live in Madison, Wisconsin. We're like, everyone wears masks. We're locked down. Yeah. It, it's weird to see someone not wear a mask. I, I don't think we're going to ever I, – I don't think we're ever going to see masks come off. I, I really don't. I think that the, this in, this was designed to create a, a change in paradigm, and I think it's already been changed. I, I think that, you know, people that grew up in a society where you were just, you know, walking around and not being afraid of germs, you know, being in stadiums, I, I think that that's – I, I may be wrong, but I, I think that that's gone. Um, they changed an entire paradigm, an, enti- an entire culture in a couple of months. And I think that there are a lot of people that are, you know, that and it's ingrained into them that they're, they're afraid of germs. You, and people people make bad decisions when they're afraid. And they're, they're willing to give away their civil <laughs> civil rights and their freedom to speak and their civil liberties when they're, you know, for protection. And, and I've always known, being a healthcare provider, that one of, the, one of the quickest ways to scare someone is to, you know, put a hazmat suit on and put a mask on. Uh, it scares people. So I think you asked for a timeline. You know, um, <clears throat> I, I think this is what they, what they call or define the, the new normal. I think that it's, it's here. It could stop tomorrow if enough people became awakened and once they were awakened they were willing to to 
put up a stand and, and to do something because there's definitely power in numbers. We can becoming educated about what's going on for real is is a prime way of, of stopping this because if enough people said this is enough and they weren't going to police one another, this would be over tomorrow. But the problem is there's a hypnotist in the background called a television and he never or it never sleeps. It just keeps on going. And it's a very addicting um, medium. And people, you know, most people get their news and their information about the world from four or five companies that are at the highest levels owned by the same powerful structures. So it's going to be difficult to awaken enough people to change the paradigm. As far as how, you know, how many people are going to perish from the vaccines and how the timeline, I think it'll take anywhere from the day they get the shot till probably maybe one to three years, two years. Um, I, you know, it's going to depend if it's a, if it's a cytokine storm, the way I've studied, um, it could stay there until the next time they're, they encounter the, you know, the microbe that sets it off. And that, that, that wow. who knows what, what that is. You know, and who knows if everyone's getting the same thing? We don't. I don't think they're going to kill the entire world off, because they're not going to have anybody to boss around. But I think they're certainly going to cull, uh, you know, turn the population numbers down. And I think they're going to, you know, I mean, they may some of these sterility type uh, things that they have uh, mm-hmm. might might take a few years, might take ten years. I don't know. I, I don't know the details and the technical technological capabilities that they have for sure, but I have a pretty good idea. I've talked to some – I've had the, had the opportunity to be on some panels with some very intelligent people. I was I actually got a chance to talk with and was on a panel with Dr. Andy Kaufman, who's um, got a bachelor's out of MIT and a, and a medical degree from uh, South Carolina, and he's, he's he was on the London Real program, and I – he, he's in agreement with pretty much what I said, which I, I'm not trying to stroke my ego. Just I, I felt good to first understand that someone that had impressive credentials thought the way that I did. Um, I talked with um, Christiane Northrup. She's a doctor. I think she lives in Maine, and she's she's been on. She's pretty famous, and um, I talk. She also shares similar similar viewpoints. And I've had an opportunity to speak with a, a, a researcher in the UK, Francis Leader, who actually went and talked with, I think it was Pfizer, and actually actually had questions answered. She asked them point blank, "Is the virus in you know is the is the virus the isolate in your vaccine?" And it's not. They they told her it's not. So, so I mean, that's coming right from the right from the Pfizer company, and there are nanoparticles in these things that can be, you know, they become part of you, and they are able to probably, you know, modulate immune system functions. Who knows what they can do? The thing is, you know, it's amazing to me that so many people are willing to just just roll up their sleeve and take an untested, unproven experimental vaccine. Without even without even asking any questions, they just they just this is what we have to do. We're going to do it. I mean, I've looked at videos of people that were lined up for over a mile to to, to you know yeah. take these vaccines, and it just it's just mind boggling, bewildering to 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 how people are so trusting of companies that are for these companies have a in keeping people sick. Definitely, some of these companies have put on trial and have been found guilty of committing fraud 
with their marketing. And, and yet these are the companies that people are clapping. They're clapping as the, the shipments are being distributed, they're, they're, as the FedEx companies are putting them out there. The people are sitting there clapping and applauding that these products are going out. And so you, the, the, here's the problem. You just can't save some people from themselves. <laughs> just it's going to True be. enough. And and I, I don't mean enough. to be. I don't. I don't want every life is precious, but you yeah. have to start. You have. To, I think at this point, the, what I'm trying to do with my website and and my small voice is I'm trying to concentrate my efforts on educated educating those people who are willing to be educated, those people that are willing to be listening and have an open mind. And that's all I'm doing as I'm providing information. If you want to still t- – I'm not anti-vaccine in that. If, if you want to go get a vaccine, you go get a vaccine. That's, that's up to you. But don't force it on me. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah. I think that by, by, by trying to educate people – that don't want to be educated, that are closed-minded. We're wasting our time, and we don't have a lot of time. You know, unfortunately, we don't because we are at the we are at the final stages, I believe, of a of a of a genocidal plot. And as crazy as that seems, as even coming out of my mouth, someone that has studied conspiracy and conspiracy theory, it's it sounds strange coming out of my mouth, but I, I don't think that there's any doubt at this point. No. Well, you, and you, you know, know from, if you listen to Bill, oh, go ahead, Gus. I was just gonna say, you're, you're just your whole. I remember when you were on, you know, several. What was a uh, last year? And you're, I can just like your tone and your concern is so much different than you know. I know you've been studying it, and it's just really fascinating. You know, I have to say one thing that's a positive thing is I call those people the sheeple. You know, everyone knows what a yeah. sheep I, My sister and I were talking, and I think, I know Marty's going to be shocked, but I think that I might <laughs> have been a sheeple. I think I might have been a sheeple at one time because before all this guardianship and blah, 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 everything that I went through, and that was, gosh, going on 12 years now since all the drama started, and I would have been trusting of my government and blah, blah, blah. I would have been the sheeple until I experienced what was done and basically got to think everyone think I was a compulsive liar telling my story about the guardianship and the serial killer healthcare people. And it, I mean, cause it sounds crazy, but I experienced it. And so I know it's true. And now I even know it's more true because I have come across with so many other people, but my sister and I are like, wow, I bet you, I would have been a sheeple had I not experienced something so insane. Yeah. And, and yeah. no, and, yeah. and everyone thinks I'm crazy. Every, no one believes me. I, I mean, and when you said how many, how long will it take for people to rise up and do anything? They are not going to. They're not because I no. sit there and watch. They're not ever. And no, so, I think no, that, no. I think that you, you, you're right. I think that, you know, you have to understand that, I always use the terms cognitive dissonance, which, which simply means that people are so invested into a paradigm of what they've learned. What, what do we know about the world? We know what we're taught from the time we're born. And we, we're, we're taught by our parents. We're taught by our teachers. We're taught by our preachers and ministers and, and you know, religious leaders. We're taught by what we learn at school from, through science or what we think is science. And... <clears throat> have this idea of what is possible and what's not possible in life. We have our perception of reality. And I 
think that our perception of reality is pretty far removed from what reality actually is. First of all, you know, you talk mm-hmm. about you, you, when we talk about science, <clears throat> science is very, very good in, in, in telling us a lot about our physical world. But it doesn't tell us everything about our physical world because there are parts of the physical world that aren't physical, but they're real. They're just not within our spectrum of being able to sense them. So if, for, if, you know, if you put on a pair of infrared goggles, there's going to be a lot more that you can see that's really there, but you can't see it. When they invented the electron microscope, they were able to see things that they didn't know were there. And there are other things in different, in different frequency ranges that we just can't perceive with our five senses, and they directly affect the, science, the, the physical world. But just because we can't sense them doesn't mean that they're not there. So a lot of what we learn about science is not 100%. There, there are other things that are affecting it, and I think that's a lot of, a lot of uh, the problem. And a lot of people can't handle that because they, depending on you know, your, your gifted sensibilities, there's a lot of people that, that believe that, but I do believe that that is a part of it. So when we, when we look at what's real and what's possible in the world, you know, a lot of that comes from what, we, what we've learned as we've grown up. All of it comes from what we've learned we've grown up. You're presented with a, a new scenario that completely contradicts that, and it may be the truth, but people don't want to believe it because it's too disturbing. They can't handle it. They roll their eyes. They, they you know, I, I can't yeah. handle that, and that's a that's yeah. a problem. And I think we see that a lot in, in you know, people. And this is this is the case. You know, if, if you were to tell people that this happened this year was going to happen two years ago, they would have looked at you like you were insane, like you were wearing oh. a tinfoil hat. Yet mm-hmm. the same people now, if you tell them that this is fake, that it's not real, that it hasn't been isolated, they'll look at you like you have a tinfoil hat on. So their perspective of reality has changed. But, you know, it doesn't really matter what people believe or don't believe because what you believe in life and what you don't believe in life has no bearing on the veracity or lack thereof of what you're talking about. Either It either exists or it doesn't exist in a certain way. And our belief about it has really no bearing on it. You and, know, I've, oh. I've heard this as like a fan. So and what you're describing, and maybe this will the listeners will get, they can relate uh, relate to this one. Okay, a fan, right? We see a fan, it's stopped, and you can look at that fan. And now turn that fan on super high. You can't even see it. And put that fan on an airplane. Have you ever heard? They have those propellers. That's right. just a giant fan. When it's stopped, you can see it. How many people, I mean, you've heard the terrifying stories. They walk right through it because right. it's spinning so fast they don't even see it. And so what you're describing is the it's the fan. It's great analogy. If it's spinning so fast, you can't yeah. see it, but it's yeah, there. Yeah, great analogy. Our, 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 yeah. World is, our world is depicted by our by our senses, by our you know our five senses, and and most of the world is frequency generated. I mean, what we're looking at in life, light waves is frequency. What we're hearing is frequency. Uh, what we're tasting is molecules. Our molecules that are basically frequency signatures and spelling, basically frequency signatures. So, so we live in a, the world that the world the way it really probably appears is a lot different than the way it appears in our brain when the computer takes the frequencies and puts them together and generates what we look as the physical world. But it's probably a lot different looking um, 
in, in other in other realms that are beyond our senses. So it's 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 what we and I, I I'm not going to get off into that tangent right now because I've written a lot of materials about that and I can go off for hours on that stuff. But but I think it's just important for people to understand that you know you know people say I want to I want to follow the science I want to follow the science and I want to follow the science too and I want to stop following the science fiction. Because the science fiction is what we're hearing from the mainstream. The science, the people that I've heard, the people that I've talked to, the, the, the interviews I've listened to that are, that are telling the truth about this, they're unfortunately not being able to get on their platforms, on the, on the mainstream platforms, and discuss it. At least have the opportunity to discuss it. Let people decide. Let's listen to the two explanations. Let's see. Show me a lot. I, I will stop talking about the, uh, the virus not being isolated when I, when I see one of these scientists confirm that they actually have isolated it in totality without using a computer model, which you should be able to do, and send it through Koch's postulates and through the scientific rigors of, of microbiology and prove that the virus exists. That's what I want to see done, and that hasn't been done yet. And for that not to have been done, and this thing has been going on where the whole world is shut down and we're now in 2021 and we're talking about derivative strains and mutant forms of it, we haven't even identified the first form. And they want to talk about second forms and third forms? Come on. Exactly. This is the one thing I brought up too here recently, just in a little blurb on the PBJ, was when you didn't isolate the initial virus that you claim is there, how could you possibly identify variants? And yet yeah. this stuff is showing up. Oh, one from Africa is showing up in Tennessee, and one, two strains from Brazil. You know, what are you people talking about? <laughs> and people, what bothers me, Dr. Reiser, when you point out to them they never identified the virus they never isolated how would they know it's a variant exactly. and i think you the can't. other option here is, yeah the other option here is um by not openly identifying it it's like if you remember the anthrax attacks uh after 911 that came out of Fort Detrick Maryland the reason they knew that's where it originated is in these bioweapons labs and we have a massive one at the Pentagon um Every time they come up with a new strain on something, they alter it, do something, it has a signature in it. There's chemical signatures in it. It's like a recipe that identifies it as their work. It's proprietary rights and, you know, all of that stuff. So it identi- that's how they identified the anthrax. And I think in this case, if they came out and said, okay, we've identified this virus and this is what it is, it would take them to the lab that actually did produce it. And right. that's the last thing they want. Uh, they tried to sell us on the, it came from bats. Um, you know, that didn't fly too well, no pun intended. Um, but <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? By by saying, oh, we haven't actually identified one, this might be a protectionist thing because we don't want you to know we're the ones that set this thing loose. We're the ones that created it. And whatever this is, now, Yes, people are dying, and people are getting sick from something. And, and like but pneumonia and the lungs is, filling up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well yeah. People, and, uh, people get here's, the here's the, Okay. I'm well, sorry, I was just going to say the DOD came out last year, and they had forced everybody in house to take the flu vaccine. Right. Fools. 
About 52% of their employees fell seriously ill. The only common denominator was this vaccine, so they dug into it. And they identified four strains of this SARS uh, virus in there. And the fourth one being this horrendous bacterial pneumonia. And so I had published some work on that. And I'm telling you, the trolls and the hacks come out of the woodwork. Oh, that's not what they said. Yes, they did. They said it right here. Well, that's not what they meant. This isn't, you know, you interpret this to mean what you want it to do is pretty concise. Well, well, you're reading that all right. No, I'm not. What part of it am I reading wrong? Well, you don't have an education in science, so you don't know how to interpret. Oh, shut up. I mean, the stuff they came up with uh, to try and negate this thing, and then eventually it was taken down. Unfortunately for them, I have a copy. Imagine that. And, um, yeah, I, I was. But, that was a great article that you put out there, I, and I, I, I agree with you, Marty, in that I would suspect, and I have no proof of this, but I would suspect that they have probably, you know, in the flu, the flu batch that went out in, in July, mm-hmm. August, September, it's probably laden with a lot of um, upper respiratory viruses. And, yes. you know, when you, when you, there's one thing, it's one thing to try to catch something airborne. It's another thing when it's injected right into your system. So I'm, I'm yes. sure that they wanted to create, you know, um, uh, sickness and upper, upper respiratory. I mean, they've been doing this for years with flu. I mean, people say, well, well the flu comes out every, it's like a season on the calendar. How does it, how does it come out at the same time every year? Because they start injecting it into people and, yes. you know, <laughs> Interesting to note, by the way, you know, before this, before this whole thing began, I wrote this long article and explanation on my website about how they fake flu cases in influenza. They, it's a, it's a very, very big, big intellectual property. And so what they would do is they, you know, a lot of people die from pneumonia every year, not just since COVID. Mm-hmm. And, you know, upper respiratory infection, these hospitals are loaded with people that are using, you know, respiratory challenges. So what they would do is they would blame a lot of the influenza cases. A lot of these common colds and these people are inundated with drugs and over-the-counter prescription drugs. They have weakened immune systems. So they get infected. They get upper respiratory infections. They end up on vents. They end up dying. They end up on in hospitals taking toxic drugs. And so they end up dying. And they're, instead of calling them common colds, which kills a lot of people every year, but there's no vaccine attached to a yeah. common cold, they call it flu. Now, guess what they diagnose people with influenza? Guess, guess what the test is that they use predominantly? It's a PCR test. They use PCR test. They oh, use the PCR test for Zika. They <laughs> use PCR test for SARS. They use PCR test for AIDS. They use PCR test. They use the same tool for now. Obviously, they put a different code in the answer key to get the the positive, but they can over amplify these tests to the point where they test as high or low as they want. So what I'm saying is. This isn't the first rodeo they've faked. They've been faking diseases right. with acronyms for a long time. They've practiced. They knew they knew to get the case demic going, the case numbers, because they knew they had the lab tests to do it. It's, in, it's an integral part of the success of this whole thing was getting people to continuously take the lab tests. The lab test, the more people right. you test, the more false positives, the higher the numbers go, you have a pandemic. You know what, it, you know what the right. definition of, a, of an epidemic is? An outbreak or an epidemic no. is one case more 
than the public health agencies suspect in a given area. So if you normally have one oh, wow. case of if you if you normally have one case of flu and you have two, that's an epidemic. If you have two oh. epidemics going on or three epidemics going on at the same time, that's a pandemic. That's the terminology. So so we can wow. actually have five or six cases of measles in an area and that could be an epidemic. It's not really that really a big deal, but the words really yeah. sound intimidating when you listen to them. Then you have to know the lexicon, right. the vocabulary of what you're talking about. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. on paper, it looks like this is the worst thing in the world that has ever happened. But in reality, what I think you have happening is you have a lot of people that are the same amount and numbers of people that always get sick and die in hospitals every year that have been mislabeled and misdiagnosed into the COVID-19 cylinder. That's what's going on. And I think that because yeah. everybody has been so, it's been in their face, COVID, 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 that anybody that sneezes now thinks they have COVID or that person has COVID. And then you throw on top that they mm-hmm. test positive or false positive, and it's a slam dunk. So there's a psycho, it's yeah. psychological warfare that's going on here. Plus, you see yeah. people wearing masks. You know, masks, what are, yeah. we know that the masks, they know that the masks are useless. First of all, if you, <laughs> I was talking to this lady in my office the other day, and she said, she just, she just ran over a skunk, and it's terrible, <laughs> it smelled. And I said to her, because she had a mask on when she came into my office, I said, were you wearing the mask when you ran over the skunk? She says, yes. Could you smell the skunk? She says, yes. I said, well, guess what? The smell from the skunk, those molecules that are coming through your mask, they're, they're, the, the, virus, the virus is smaller. And if, you, if the smell from the skunk got through your mask, guess what the virus could do? So they're yeah. useless. They're useless masks. They yeah. don't do anything. But what they, what they do is they decrease the oxygen level, and it's dangerous. Number one, the other thing, what they're doing is it's putting in the forefront of everybody's mind that there's something dangerous out there. Yeah. Joe's got a mask on. Barry's got a mask on. Billy's got a mask on. Heck, there must be something dangerous out there. I see all these people wearing masks. So psychologically, it keeps people under, the, under this this illusion that there's something dangerous. There's this invisible microbe that's out there that's waiting to destroy us. And they, they love that concept, the powers that they love to scare people with tiny little microbial terrorists because they can be, moved, <laughs> yeah. they can be anywhere at any time. And so yes. the, mask, the mask also prevents facial expression. It prevents, on a psychological right. level, it prevents us from being able to recognize other people's expressions. And so you lose interpersonal communication. You lose everything. You become depressed. You become isolated. You become quarantined. If you want to destroy a culture, genocide, you begin by destroying its culture, its customs, its this holidays. Is, this is what – This is – and this was learned – from the days of slavery. It of truly was, because this is what they did to the slaves, is they separated them, they made them wear masks many times so that they couldn't speak, um, and they weren't allowed to take them off. I mean, this this is all comes from that. But one of the things I wanted to say about you, your comparison with the flu, did you know that this year the CDC is not going to collect any flu statistics? Because we're going to label everything COVID. And that scientist, a doctor from John Hopkins came out and published that report that things, deaths from like um, heart attacks, stroke, diabetes, all of that, had almost flatlined 
and but right. there was this sudden jump in COVID diagnosis, and of course they took that down. Um, in four well, hours, course, they had that they, article down. They needed yeah. to, they needed the, the statistics, the people that they have attributed to flu. <laughs> Here's the logic they use. Well, you took the flu vaccine this year, so it's impossible for you to have the flu. So we're not going to even bother to test you for that. We're going to test you for COVID. So all of the flu cases yeah. became the COVID cases. It's just a, it's just a co, a co jumbling yeah. of statistics into different categories. We can play, you know, you can play games with with statistics all day long. And I think that I don't think I know yeah. that's what they're doing. So I mean, yes. but people people don't. You know, we talked about before. People, people, they want to say, say they want to see the science, but they really don't want to see the science. They really don't care about the science. See, that's why it's not, it doesn't no. really matter to get technical about it, because really they're just going to listen to what the mainstream television tells them. That's the average person, not not your audience right. or, or mine. But but the, you know, the, for the majority of people, if if they hear something on the on the news or they hear something on the television or read it in a paper or on a magazine or you know whatever. That's got to be true, you know. That's that's that's. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't lie. They wouldn't lie. I love you know. You know what's mm-hmm. funny too is they'll tell people they'll say, well, you know, this guy that's talking about these alternative theories. I'm not talking about me. They'll say he's he's trying to he's trying to sell a product. He's trying to sell nutritionals, or he's trying to do this. Or <laughs> maybe they'll say about me, well, he's trying to sell yeah. his books. You know, my 99 cent books. He's yeah. trying to sell them. What do you think the mainstream news does? What do you think they do? They yeah. sit there for 24 hours a day selling toxic drugs. They, they give you 90-second commercials on pharmaceuticals all day long. 30 seconds tell you what the product is. The other 60 seconds tell you how bad it's going to kill you, and yet people still take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, well, mm. they have an agenda. They have an agenda. So I once, yeah. I once heard a saying a friend of mine told me, and um, – she was she was awesome. I miss her. She's passed on. But she always said to me, when the disease can generate as much, or when the cure can generate as much money as the disease, then the cure will be found. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. and, and, but but that, that's really, that's true. That's exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. True. And and I've said for years that the the different a lot of the different diseases that are out there are, I call them intellectual properties because they're mm-hmm. owned, they are patented, they are basically copywritten, yes. and they're owned by, they even have their own number, coding numbers for insurance purposes. And if you're not in the club, you can't treat them. You can't give advice on how to mitigate them. You can't give advice on how to eradicate them. So you can't even diagnose them. That's why all these people have to have these disclaimers. This product does not attempt to diagnose, treat, or because you are not in the club, in that medical club, and you have no right to go on to that intellectual property. These, these diseases that they've created, they have their own ribbons. Colored ribbons. Look at the cancer industry. Look at how many different – they have a different yes. color ribbon for every month. These are intellectual properties. These are not real diseases. They are, they are expressions of physiology or ill expressions of physiology that have manufactured a lot of them through vaccination, a lot of them through other things that they do, and they don't want them to be eradicated. They want them to exist forever and profit off of the mitigation techniques that they use, and they don't want people that aren't in the club to comment on them. And if you don't think so, right. try to do it, and they'll, you know, they'll come in. The Federal Trade Commission will come in and, and, and slam you. So yeah. Now, what what do you think? Like, let's say, let's just pretend 
I was the heir to a great pharmaceutical company and I got a sickness. Would they secretly have the cure for me? Because I was, you know, the heir to this, you know, I was someone important. Would there, is there a secret cure for certain people? I think that when we talk about cures, we have to understand that when you're curing something, you are creating new cells. You're creating new life. And I think that, you know, the word cure, we think of the word cure as to get rid of a disease process. But mm-hmm. I don't know that – I, I don't have the answer to what what is causing, um, you know, the eradication of certain cancers and things like that. I think that a lot of it has to do with a lot of the things that we've been introduced to. Um, there's probably genetic predisposition from years and years of, of things that we've done. There's certainly a lot of toxins. There are a lot of reasons for why people, there's no one reason why people get illness. But, you know, we're, we're, we, a, lack of, a lack of ability to adapt to our environment is probably the biggest reason. Whether there's a magic bullet or a chemical that can cure people, I seriously doubt that. Um, I think it's more in terms of trying to remove products and toxins from our system that will eventually allow us to, you know, to reach a better expression of health. So, you know, the answer to health is not through pharmaceutical products. Now, can pharmaceutical products help us at times? Yes, they can. There are certain situations where where people are in life-threatening situations where drugs can, can definitely help us. But I'm not saying that that medicine in general as, as a whole is, a, is an evil construct. It can be beneficial. The problem is medicine has been hijacked, and a lot of the procedures that we use today are not being used properly, and uh, there's certainly a lot, of, a lot of evidence of that. But there are certainly situations and places where people are injured and, and need to have uh, medical assistance and medical care, and medical doctors are, you know, they're, um, they're not... They're not evil people. They're trying to do what they're taught, and they can help people. They can save lives. But the same people that can save your life in an emergency situation and stabilize you, if you, if you stay under their care and their protocol for an extended period of time, they can get you sick again, and they can, you can die. So you have to understand, you know, when we talk about a magic pill or, or a, a secret chemical, you know, I think that the secret is trying to, trying to live a pure and an ex, an expression of health the the, the natural way and um, that's that's easier said than done in today's society because there are a number of things that affect that there foods that we eat that have been genetically modified that cause autoimmune system reactions there's pollutants in the air back i mean vaccines and i mean the average person that comes into my office nowadays i mean they're on four or five they're on four or five prescription drugs that are extremely toxic uh-huh. So, you know, again, it's it's weaning ourselves off of these products and allowing the body a chance to even heal and express itself properly. You know, you talk about a common cold. You get a common cold and you you have a number of symptoms and, and things that happen. And what do we do? We try to block those symptoms because we've been taught that those symptoms are a product of the disease when, in fact, it's a product of the immune system trying to fight the disease naturally. So if we learn... <laughs> If we learn about health and how to and how to express health through proper education, if we stopped our education process uh, being done by drug companies, we 
really turned it around and we taught how health really should be applied or, or health practices should really be applied, I think that would be a that would be one of the ways that we could turn things around. But we got a bigger problem right now. <laughs> we got a that's fine and dandy, but we've got a we've got a genocidal plot right now where they're trying to not only make us sick, they're trying to eliminate us. And and I think it's a real a real deal. And you know, I, I know a lot of people will hear what I'm saying tonight and they'll say, This guy's crazy. He's a chiropractor, he's nuts. He's, he doesn't. He's not based in science, and that's okay. That they can think what they want. They can. People can think what they want. It doesn't matter, because whether they believe me or not, it doesn't matter. It is what it is, and and nothing's going to change that. The only thing that's going to change it is uh, if if people you know wake up and understand what's going on. And if I am wrong, God, I hope I am. I, I really it would it would make me happy to know that what I what I'm saying is wrong, but I don't think that I am. And I'm not just making these decisions based on a, you know, I, I had a dream last night. I, I, I've studied as a health science practitioner. I've been practicing for 34 years. I feel that I have an extensive, extensive education in health sciences. I've had a, many, many courses, as my colleagues have, in, in, in the health sciences, including microbiology. And um, I, I, I know that what I'm talking about is, is um, pretty sound. I, at least I believe it to be. Yeah. People well, think Marty is, and I are know, crazy too. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, they do. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just, but yeah, the things. It's just like the guardianship thing. Uh, even me, when I was first exposed to it, and that was the Sarah Harvey case out in New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I interviewed her, and I came away from the interview thinking she's lying. Why did she lie to me? That woman just made an ass out of me on air. She's lying. She did something. Because after all of these decades of digging into legislation and researching this and doing that, I had never seen anything on this. And I'm always stumbling across things. And I had to really dig because when I first started in that topic, there was very little out there. And But it finally, I started pulling things out three days later. I was crying. I had to call her and apologize to her. I said, I thought you were lying. She said, I know you did. And we're good friends now. But, um, mm-hmm. it, you know, the, the the disbelief, nine out of ten people you run into that haven't heard about this, oh, you're lying. Well, they must have done something wrong. No, they didn't yeah. do anything wrong. It's aging yeah. with assets, that's a big crime. But so oh, right, when right. you run into this thing, you go ahead. No, I, was, I, I agree with go you. Ahead. I hear you. <laughs> Yeah. Can it's, I um, I have one difficult. I have one I have one interesting medical story I want to share. And it was something in a, you know when I would go to church I'll hang I like hanging out with the older ladies. This was decades ago that this woman who has since passed away so she probably was born in the early 1900s, and I've never forgotten the story that she told me. I, I'm, I'm going to share it, and I'm going to hear what your opinion on it. So during her lifetime, they came out with birth control, and she told me that it was all over the television and all, all anybody could talk to, and the doctor saying, this is bad, this is bad. You should not be messing with your hormones the way this, that this birth control stuff does. And these doctors were telling, and she told me this. She said, 
this will not just mess with the woman who takes it, but it will mess with the generations that come after. And nowadays, you don't hear a word about anything you know, bad about birth control. But the fact that she told me this story, and I look at so many young people now that have, you know, all these asthmas and, and you know, diabetes seems to be on the, I often wonder, was she onto something? And why did she tell me that way back when? Or was mm-hmm. it just like a normal scare that everyone was like, you know, oh, this is new and different, this is bad? Or was there some truth behind it? Taking all this birth control, you were affecting your next generation. Yeah, I think well, that I think that when you when you whatever you're doing now um, will affect generations, uh, you know, in the future because you you record this this material and it's passed genetically passed along. Um, how healthy you are has a lot to do with how healthy your ancestors were, and a lot of this stuff is passed on. And, and certainly, birth control, uh, depending on who you speak with. Uh, there are definitely dangers associated with that. And you, anytime you play with the um, endocrine system, the hormonal system, um, you're, you're asking for trouble, in my opinion. And I think we see a lot of cancers today probably or a lot of you know, problems um, come about probably because of these things. And, and can it be passed on? I think it can. And um, so, you know, I think that that woman's probably on to something. Yeah, Did you ever read was- the book uh, called... Dr. Mary's Monkey, odd title, but it is the story of, um, oh, I'll tell you, you you need to pick that book up and read it because what we're talking about right now is the transference of things down the line in the generations, and she uh, was at Tulane University, was a scientist, a professor there, and they had a five-story accelerator that she was splitting viruses with and doing all kinds of things, and, but they came out with the polio vaccine. She, oh, Lord, she did extensive research on that, and then she stood up and said, don't do this. You're going to kill people. You're going to, you know, it's going to cause all kinds of illness and disease. Don't take these. And um, we had a huge number of children die from that vaccine, but they don't like to talk about that. But they murdered her. Uh, they, She went in one day because she would not shut up about it and turned on this accelerator to do whatever she was doing, and she took 10 million volts of electricity to the left side of her body, and she still was alive, believe it or not. So somebody uh, put a shiv up under her sternum, finished the job. And anyway, then there was the big cover-up. And this is during the time um, Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, (laughs) all these people were rolling back and forth between Dallas and Tulane University. Think about that one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but but she, this is what she said, what you're going to do to future generations with this is, is going to be unspeakable. And everybody, yeah. oh, she's crazy, she's crazy. Well, I say they took her out. But it is one of the most well-documented, well-researched books I have ever written. I've read a gazillion books. They, I'll have to pick it up. I will, definitely, I will definitely look at it yes. and, and read it. I, you, I'm going to tell you, you start on the first page. It was all I could do at night. I'd read till my eyes blurred, and I could read pretty fast. But I read yeah. that book, and I started it one evening, finished it over coffee the next morning. It, um, But it's a good study in exactly what you're talking about. What are you doing to future generations? And yeah. this that's going on now, the, the sterilization, they're hinting at it. They're conditioning the public to accept this. Well, it was yeah. because of the COVID 
And, you know, I'm sterile because, you know, COVID and I had to take the vaccine. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the things I've always said about vaccines, they are altering our DNA. And there's only one and a half to four percent difference between us and the great apes, whether anybody likes it or not. And they're the most closely related to us. Now, if you're a fully vaccinated child and my fully vaccinated child have had their DNA messed with all these years with these vaccines, if they can even conceive and they have a baby, at what point are we going to start testing DNA to see if you're human enough? And at what point will we start separating out segments of the population and saying you don't meet the mark? You're just a subhuman. You're in the animal category. And you know how we treat animals. Um, it just, this whole thing, it, it, the idea, Dr. Reiser, the idea of sitting still and letting somebody shoot a load of crap in my body that I have no idea what it is, what it's going to do, or what they intend with it, I can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, Marty, I'm with you. I, I, I will take my chances with the um, the virus. Uh, whether If, if there's yeah. truly a virus out there, I'll take my chance with it. I, I have a lot of faith in my Jeez. immune system. I can count the number of drugs mm-hmm. that I've taken in the past 20, 30 years on one hand. And, yep. um, you know, I, I, I have a lot of confidence in, in the innate logic of human physiology. And... Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna rely on a synthetic product that's gonna try to stimulate or inhibit my uh, my autoimmune system or my immune system go. function. I don't. I don't need that. Okay. Okay. We got a minute thirty seconds left here, Doctor Reiser. I want to thank you for coming on it. I love it when you come on. Uh, time goes yeah. fast because it's so interesting. And um, yeah. But um, I want want to have you back again. Uh, and in Mr. Reiser's website is no fake news. He's always got something going on over there. And then you've got a movie coming out, don't you, based on one of your yeah, it's no, books? It's, it's, no, it's nofakenews.net, and I, I, I write science fiction uh, novellas and novels. And one of my – the novel I wrote in 2019, The Target List, is being made into a pilot movie. It's going to be filmed on April the 10th Yay. and 11th. Uh, it's going to be out in Reno, Nevada, and it's got a talented cast. And I co-wrote the um, screenplay with a with MJ Palo, who's a talented screenwriter. And it's going to come out on Amazon Prime. Uh, wow! In so it should. Be, it's, I'm really yes. excited. And it's it's going to be. Uh, yes. Has a lot to do with uh, the the big pharma industry. So look for the yes. target list, okay. and I'll I'll tell, I'll keep you updated on it. And and uh, but I'm Please really excited do. about it. And I appreciate oh, having the opportunity. Oh, yeah, so exciting. Yeah. Well, and then Thanks. when you get ready to go with it, you let us know, and we'll help you promote it. Uh, well, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. And and uh, like I said, I, it's always a pleasure to come on and, and connect with your audience. And and uh, I and you do a great job with the your PPJ Gazette. And I I I read I read a lot of your your materials uh, often. You know, often. Well, thank so, you. Uh, I like yours too. And we're right down to the mark here, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Dr. Reiser, uh, for showing up for us again. And uh, we'll see you all next Friday night on In the Mix. Everybody have a good evening and good night. Good night.